Hello, and welcome to the final Shin Megami Tensei episode of The Game Mavens. I am the usual host, Joey Chu. Shinogu Chu, however it goes. Joey Shinogu Chu. And uh, joined by David Wynn once again for this final part where it's all... Well, it's supposed to be all about DS Shin Megami Tensei games being Devil Survivor and Strange Journey. But technical problems uh, prevented at least the, the latter game from being discussed. But we have a nice cap at the end of the Double Survivor chat anyway, so... Here goes, this is the last one before I kick off the the Summer Mavens, as I call it. The the Summer Shows, where... Well, it's not more freeform, less structured around like a whole damn series. This will probably be the first and last time I'll ever cover a whole series in one episode. So... Not more than one episode, just like, you know, a whole bunch of episodes in one series. So, there that goes for you. Guess I'll see you uh, after all the talk is done. And then, uh, Double Survivor. Oh, yeah. Um. Fuck, that art is ugly. <laughs> well, it wasn't Cosmiconico for the character designer. It was, uh, this other dude. Yeah, he, I can't remember. He did some manga. Yeah, he did some sort of comic something, some sort of comic thing. Right, I, I can't remember. In any case. Uh, Quintet, Quartet, something. Suzuhara Quartet, something like that, yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's uh, it's not a straight up like in in Japan. Uh, it had a it had a because Persona the very first one was called Megami Ibun Roku Persona or something like that. Right, and this was called uh, Megami Ibun Roku, which is another tale of the goddess. Uh, oh. So it's everybody it's was like, like it's a spinoff. Yeah, yeah, before everybody or before we knew what it was, we just saw a magazine teaser with a big red eye in the sky, and it said Megami Ibun Roku, and that's all it said, and so everyone was like. Oh my god! Oh, and it also said for Nintendo DS, and so everybody was <laughs> basically saying, "Oh my god, it's going to be uh, a first-person dungeon crawler." Uh, they were basically anticipating Strange Journey, oh. and uh, what they got was a strategy RPG. <laughs> and wait, is that your ultimate verdict on Tale Survivor? That was my uh, verdict before I played it. Oh. That was basically my initial reaction to, oh, God, hope's sinking. <laughs> Look at that And art. also looking at the character designs, you're like, jeez, this chick has big breasts, this one also does, this one looks like she's got a burn victim or something like that. Yeah, yeah her, their, her eyes are just a little too far apart. Uh, the main character has has cat ears on his headphones, you're like, what the hell is this? Yeah, they're just bendy headphones, but yeah. Uh, yeah, it's, uh, my favorite was uh, the chick who had a hoodie skirt. And, uh, which in and of itself is not that offensive until, uh, you see her full character art and you realize that the sleeves are connected and going between her legs. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, somebody commented on that and said, I'm glad to see that MC Escher is still alive and well in, uh, modern day Japan. <laughs> He's doing fashion design. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, so yeah, fuck that art is ugly, except for the bells, which are the only new thing Kaneko did for that game. Uh, other than that, they recycled a lot of uh, SMT 1, 2, and uh, Nocturne Demons. And actually, a bunch of them but were... They couldn't literally put them in there, because it wasn't a 3D art, a 3D game. But well, they, they, they used they could, the concept the art, basically. Yeah. They basically traced over that and made sprites for it. And, uh, you know, it was the first time seeing a lot of those demons in America, so that was cool. But uh, what I really like about it is that I just, just thought it was going to be Fire Emblem or Final Fantasy Tactics with a Megaton skin. 
but it still had like the trappings, like the press. It still had, you said it could have had like an element of the press turn system. Right, and that's why I actually really enjoyed it, is because it was basically it was an RPG with SRPG movement. And if you talk to some people on NeoGAF about it who like the game, they'll be like, "Oh, it's the only good SRPG ever made," because it's <laughs> basically it gives you a lot more control over what's happening in the skirmishes. It basically, as soon as you select to attack an enemy. Uh, in like Fire Emblem, you would just watch that battle play out, but it makes you an active player. So as a result of that, they put fewer enemies on uh, on the uh, battlefield, so you have to manage a bit less, keep a bit less in mind. But it makes you a much more active participant in the actual uh, individual battles. It makes each one matter, or matter a bit more. I can see how that would uh, work out. Yeah. Yeah. I've never played this one. Yeah. Uh, for those people out there who've played Bahamut Lagoon, it's a bit like that, but less stupid. Uh, not so easy and goofy. But it's, uh, and it starts off... The other thing that kind of gives it a bad impression and leaves a bad taste in some people's mouths is that it starts off very much poppy. Uh, it almost is... It's kind of world ends with you-ish. And, uh... Oh god, yeah, I remember the comparison I made was like, uh, what you call it? World Ends With You was Square Edix's answer to Persona 3, and then Strange, uh, and then uh, freaking Devil Survivor was their answer to The World Ends With You. Yeah, it's the second echo coming off of the canyon walls. Yeah, and it was like, I remember hearing the pre-release stuff, and it was like, in seven days, like, something happens, and it's like, the seven-day roll over again. What the heck? Yeah, yeah. I was like, jeez, what's going on? And they're surviving in modern Tokyo, although to be fair, uh, Atlas has been... Modern, yeah, Shibuya or something like that, yeah. yeah. To be fair, Atlas has been having kids... Uh, survived for periods of time in modern Tokyo uh, for a bit longer than Square Enix has. Yeah. But, um, yeah, it's very World Ends With You, and it starts off very anime, very... Uh, what people think of stereotypical anime, it's like, oh no, we gotta solve this mystery. Uh, plucky young kids. And about day three-ish, people start dying, and it starts taking a turn for the SMT1. Oh. So, uh... Actually, yeah, about that point, it starts getting much more interesting, and I think the game turned out incredibly well, despite my concerns. So, if you can find that now, it's a really fantastic game for DS. Probably one of my top games of 2000... I think that was, was that only released last year? Oh, no, that was 2008, I'm pretty sure. Or was it 9? Yeah, it was Jeez, 2009. Jeez. Oh, it's 9. Well, well 9 yeah, for us. It came out late 08 in Japan, I think. Right, right. 09 for us. So yeah, it was, uh, had Shattered Memories not come out that year, it would have been my game of the year. <laughs> Silent Hill, Shattered Memories, you mean. Right. Which was uh, just brilliant and excellent in every way. Except for, you know, some elements that dragged it down. But other than that, yeah. So, Devil Survivor's a spin-off to the games, as Megami Ibuku we said. Mm -hmm. uh, does it have any, uh, specific tie-in to, uh... To my knowledge, it has no real fit with the Megaverse, as you, uh, once called it. <laughs> I didn't mean to call it coin it like that. But, just like, uh, you know, Mega, well, Mega versus like a. Now it's become uh, the official name, as far really? as I'm concerned. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, no, I don't. I haven't seen any SMT fan sites using them, but. Uh, well, in any case. Because uh, I remember like something like something along the lines of uh, it was like an echoing of part one where they were going to nuke uh, wherever it was that you were. Right, they the were going to uh, call in neutron bombs. Uh, to just like kill everybody without leveling the city itself. Oh. Uh, so, 
yeah, you could uh, become the Chaos Avatar and uh, force all the demons back underground, or you could become the Law Avatar and summon the angels to help you fight, or blah blah blah. But, uh, yeah, you aligned yourself with various people to do that. Going back to this whole idea of Megami Tensei going back to its roots, I think it is really benefiting from that. Because it's reintroducing things like alignments, but it's doing it, uh, I would say, better now, just because it's gotten away from just being like, law is Christian, uh, you know, uh, chaos is... And chaos is hail Satan. <laughs> Satanism, right. It's gotten... Like, fuck everything. Right. Or, or no. It's not just anarchists and whatever else. It's all about... It's about personal freedoms. Whereas law is about order rather than totalitarianism. So, I think that, yeah, there are some people, and we can address this, I guess now is probably the time to address this, some people tend to argue that ever since Kozi Akata left in 2005, um, to start like a Game Republic or something like that? Right, but... he started up Game Republic, and uh, they've done some pretty okay games since then, but... Coded Soul, Folklore... Right, yeah. Folklore was pretty Monster good. Monster Kingdom, Jewel Summoner. Yeah, Jewel Summoner. Uh, uh, Alright, okay. right, moving on. Anyway. Ever, and it's, ever since he left. But... Some people have... It's almost like uh, the Final Fantasy VI crowd who've said, oh, there haven't been any good games in the series since Final Fantasy VI. Or Square Enix hasn't produced a good game since Final Fantasy VI. Uh, what I like to point out is that they're all nostalgia-addled goons and assholes and don't get anything. So, yeah, take that, Final Fantasy VI fans. Yeah, these are the same... Yeah, a lot of these people, I feel, are just taking Megaten too seriously. Like, they all have serious tone, and it's not like Atlas has completely abandoned that. Strange Journey still exists. But, I don't... Complain, oh, this is a DS game, yeah. Yeah. And it's the, like, when people were saying, like, Persona 3 sucks because, you know, you hang out with anime girls. Like, and they, they say, like, whatever, these honorifics. Right. And you hang out and have ramen, and it's like, dude, come on. Chill out, dude. Fucking video right. games. Yeah, I guess we should have like one final uh, short, real quick, uh, short discussion uh, in terms of mainline Shin Megami Tensei. Okay. So, uh, is it a basically a given that the, the next Shin Megami Tensei has to be on an HD, uh, uh, high definition, uh, next generation console? I don't think they're so averse to that. I do think that they were. I don't think they were just blowing smoke up our ass when they said they didn't think it fit entirely thematically with it. But at the same time, I think they're being a little too pedantic. Um, I'd say that we will eventually see an SMT4, and it probably would be on a modern next-gen console, but it doesn't really matter. As far as I'm concerned, this is the new Shin Megami Tensei game. And the numbers yeah. don't really matter that much. Yeah. Uh, I remember people were saying, like, they wanted to see it. Oops. You okay there? <laughs> uh, yeah, I might have just dropped something. Don't worry about it. All right. Alright, well, they were saying, some people were saying, like, oh, they could just take the PS2 assets again and then put it on Wii. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, I was, I was one of the people saying, well, I wouldn't be surprised because Atlas loves reusing assets. They love and it. They, uh, and, they, uh, and they were like, oh, our roots in SMT 1 and 2 were a dungeon crawling in first person, and you could, like, maybe you could actually use the Wii mode like a sword, and, you know, now we all know how that went with Red Steel 1 and 2. <laughs> right. Well, and I think uh, in an interview with, I can't remember the uh, uh, Atlas name, but Cosmic Conico was saying, like, 
Yeah, out of all of the three next-gen systems, I'm probably the most interested in Wii. This is shortly after Wii was unveiled that it would be called Wii and what everything was like. Oh, it's the 2006 era, right? Right, this was late 2006 after it had come out. And uh, he was like, yeah, that's the one I'm most interested in working on. And uh, so that led to a lot and of And they proceeded to make a couple more PS2 games instead. Right. <laughs> and then they just confirmed that Persona 5 is in development. Although, when that will come out, you know. Yeah. It'll probably be 2011. As for a course shipping on my Tensei, like, you remember, uh, I remember they even made comments back during Nocturne that they will want to see, like, uh, the full, like a, like a sort of like you know, a full landscape, like a world to explore like that in, in, in high definition, like like walking around the world, not just having like a world map, like the world map and like a blue icon. Right. You can still do that now. Yeah, your uh, character it's was expensive as hell with your asses and everything. Yeah, but. it was basically just like you're playing triangles and squares. Future of the series, they will continue to uh, draw upon Shin Megami Tensei 1 and 2. Hopefully they'll produce another DS game before the 3DS is out. Uh, that'll very much imitate Shin Megami Tensei 2. They're going to Persona, they're going to port Persona 2 to PSP. Uh, I have no idea if they'll do Persona 4. That seems wacky enough, or just wacky enough for them to do it. And let's see. In terms of mainline, uh, it's hard to like. No, no one's gonna like predict what spin-offs they're gonna do. I mean, right. I think like like I said, they already put down Abaddon, uh, King Abaddon, and then that was like the refresh for for Solus Army. And then they're done with Devil Summoner for now. Right. They'll let that rest for a bit. I think they'll probably do a new, almost DDS style spin-off. They won't call it DDS, but it'll be something you know in that same vein where it's just something different. Yeah. Remember that fan. Uh, like some dude uh, faked up a Famit Famitsu uh, scan of uh, this thing where everyone was like, uh, everyone fled uh, the civilization to the forest or something like that. Oh yeah, I thought that was interesting. Yeah. I think uh, what would be interesting is uh, DDS had that story structure that followed the uh, Hindu mythology. And I think uh, something that did that same idea with uh, Egyptian mythology would be really interesting. Because that's also yeah. something they haven't done enough is Egyptian. Wasn't it uh, one of the one of the Persona hierarchies for one of the Persona games was uh, one it was either one or two they had a they had uh, Egyptian themes wasn't it uh, they did Maybe I remember it wrong they did have quite a few Egyptian themed personas and some other stuff but uh, for the main characters though not like not just as like another part of the demon roster no um, like your main characters had Sin and Congo and uh, you know Nike and various other things. But, uh, yeah. No, actually... Was it? Uh, yeah, Egyptian is something that's been really underutilized in that. Outside of, like, the very first game where Set came and kidnapped your girlfriend. That's <laughs> uh, so almost like a reference to the uh, digital uh, devil story when, uh, at the end, after they kill Loki, then it's like Seth is the... Set is the, is the next demon to come out. Mm -hmm. Um, and Shinigami Tensei 2, Seth is, uh, is the is set is the, the desert dragon, mm -hmm. who is like the predecessor to Satan or something like that. Right. Set flies up and fuses with Zane to become Satan or something like that, right? It's something like that. Yeah. It's yeah, all that's kind of fuzzy in my mind now. I don't know if I'm like sounding a little bit uh, like a uh, like a bit a bit little bit hopeless here or a little bit too hopeful, but uh, you know how you've got. Uh, 
uh, like Mass Effect or Dragon Age or whatever, all these games with like, you know, purporting to have more choices and stuff. And, and I would like to see like someone in the Japanese RPG space try that out and not make it so heavy, not make it like, uh, I mean, just like try try that out. And I think SMT would be the, the would be the series to like hit it like the nail on the head. And what would they, uh, what did you want them to do again? I couldn't quite hear you. Like with the, like how they, te- like, you know, the, the whole, like, moral choice thing. Oh, right. And the branching paths in the storyline. Well, I mean, they already have that. The main... That's been integral to the SMT, sto- to SMT series, like, for the main uh, one and two and three. Right. So. I think uh, the main difference that I actually, actually kind of like that they don't, uh, is that they don't really show you the effects of it uh, outside of, it'll have an effect, but you don't have the sliding bar. You don't have the me- uh, Paragon yeah. Renegade bar. You don't have like the press the analog stick here to make this uh, like uh, outcome like happen. All right. Uh, yeah. Although in Strange Journey they do touch on that a little bit in that your name will change colors. Like if you, your name will turn red if you're chaotically aligned, and it will turn blue if you're uh, lawfully aligned. Hmm. So, uh, which is kind of more integral to the gameplay, the battle system itself. It's more particular to how that game works, right? Right. Because yeah. if you didn't, if you couldn't see your alignment, it would take away a certain element of the battle system. Hmm. So, so I guess it would help. I guess it would work to their benefit in terms of budget to have it. Uh, 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 I mean, it's, people see it's hard to do cell shading, but like do a minimalist and uh, go with the art style that they've always had. Right. I would like to see a return to the early two thousands uh, style of uh, almost real doll looking. <laughs> Yeah, I tend Personally. to I tend to call them uh, Brian Malko looking. Yeah. Uh, if you. I I call it, I say it's real doll because just to, just to be like self, like self derogatory or something like that. But I really really like that design. Yeah, I tend to I tend to stay away from real doll because, yeah. I'm not not the design of real doll. I mean the design of the right, right. I, I just like I stay away from that <laughs> phrase. I, I say like porcelain dolls or yeah, uh, Gareth Pugh looking things. Yeah, or like active. Uh, but um, yeah what I'd like to see is uh, basically just I'd like to see them modernize uh, a little bit more like even SMT uh, Nocturne was uh, had a bunch of like just menu problems and things like that you can see what skills did uh, streamline it and just like be wacky with it do so, do yeah. weird stuff do you think they would get away with uh, not having voice acting? Still have clicking clicking text boxes? You know, I'm not sure. Because uh, the thing I've always kind of feared about having a next-gen uh, Shin Megami Tensei game is that uh, next-gen games, you're expected to have voice acting for pretty much everything. Like, any incidental dialogue you can't have in text. Uh, so, like, things like... Nocturne and Shin Megami Tensei 1 and 2 are so reliant on demons talking. I'm not sure how that would work out because whenever you're reading something like, ooh, me feel happy, I want to eat the moon because it looks like it's made out of spare ribs. <laughs> uh, you're, you're reading it, so it naturally sounds right in your head. As opposed to if somebody else reads it, it's going to sound kind of weird. Yeah. And not necessarily in a good way. So, I mean, that's my primary... That's one of my primary concerns. It'd be hard to, like... Especially with a game that has that, uh... Like, makes you feel like the... Makes you, uh... Makes you feel the way it does with the choices that you make. 
that to like to internalize it through the dialogue and you're processing it. Mm-hmm. Like if you heard it spoken out and like by some like like think about Isamu like I remember the the, the, the drama CD for Nocturne like Isamu like had this deep voice and I was like what the hell is this? He doesn't sound like a kid listens like a park all the time with his weird hat. Right. Or even <laughs> like hearing like, myself. Speak. He doesn't even sound like someone who would have like a crisis about uh, like individuality. It's right. Like, if uh, you had like a Commander Shepard thing where you hear yourself speak, that would also be kind of weird. Yeah. Just because it is so much based on your personal feelings. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's hard to project yourself onto that character. So, who knows? We'll see what happens. Uh, yeah. For the most part, yeah, I mean, they're competent developers. They can probably figure something out. You think we'll get it this year? Uh, I mean, an announcement of it this year, next year? Nah. I think uh, at best we'll see Persona 5 footage this year. Uh, maybe next year we'll see something. Because the way I see it, like besides, uh, like even even on Nintendo's end, I mean, it's always been on Nintendo's end. Like for all the systems, uh, Mario Galaxy 2, 3D Dot Game Heroes, Metroid, other M, that's all the other games I know about. And then like after that, it's like E3 has to open the floodgates and show us what the hell else is coming out for the rest of like rest of video game like existence. <laughs> yeah, the problem is that. Atlas Everything just, on the like, hype scale is like gone, except for like Halo Reach, and I'm not going to play that. Oh, I'm good for that. Um, well, cut out of 360, so there you go. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, the thing is that Atlas just doesn't participate in E3 or even TGS, really. So, when we'll see an announcement of a new proper Shin Megami Tensei game or a new spinoff or anything like that is pretty much up in the air. They can do it whenever they feel like. It's like the operator of the one wavelength, right? Pretty much. They are independent of all this crap. It was in a way it kind of liberates them. Well, yeah, they aren't beholden to a single developer. People, I remember. I wonder if people were like, I guess people would be like pissed off that Devil Survivor or Strange Journey were on DS, and it's like it should be on PS2. Because like you're an idiot. Yeah, they can do whatever they damn well. They're all over the place. Yeah. Um, what I, the other one last thing that I thought I should touch on for the entire series, is uh, something that I heard from Nick Maragos on a message board somewhere. And that is that the entire team, every time they make a new Shin Megami Tensei game, they undergo a certain a purification ritual at a certain shrine near their building. And really? uh, the one time that they didn't do it, everybody on the team ended up injured in some way. What? Which is so rad. That is freaking... Damn, I bet they make, like, yearly treks to Tyro no Masakado's grave. Who knows? But yeah, that entire thing, is that whole... It basically creates a mythos for the development, which is so yeah. rad. I mean, I'd like to see John Davison from GamePro like cover that, yeah. to, like, get into get into their headspace when they already announced whatever the heck's next, even for Persona Five. Right, uh, and they confirmed that Persona Five is in development. So, really? Yeah, uh, they they said. Yeah. Wasn't like one of the producers was like Persona Five on the resume, and then like the next day or something like that, like goes off the website again. <laughs> Now, in an interview, they were like, so, you're working on Persona 5? And they said, yes, fuck you, quit asking. <laughs> That's like Miyamoto saying, we're doing Pikmin. Yes, finally, we're doing Pers- or we're doing Pikmin 3. Just stop asking, I don't care. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, they did confirm that. And so with that, that's the end of the seven or so episodes of Shin Megami Tensei... Mavens. I <laughs> uh, hope you enjoyed it and I hope you keep listening. We'll see you soon.